Hey everyone, this is Evan from Where the Mises Guys coming to bring you a little message that I think needs to be expressed um, succinctly here. So I'll do my best. We are a uh, podcast that has started from the ground up, and I personally am someone who has loved Transformers all his life. They're important to me, the mythos, the toys, the the whole legacy that's brought to my life. My friends on here all have their love as well. Boo, Andres, even Ed, I think he's coming around. But if you could do us a huge favor, and if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, you know, um, subscribe, that's huge. And, uh, you know, share, share the link with friends. And if you're listening on podcast, uh, give us a good review if you wouldn't mind um, and, you know, send us a message, whatever, you know, come to the discord, whatever you want to do. We really enjoy doing this, but also we've come to really enjoy engagement with uh, fellow fans and fellow people who just find the uh, podcast. So and in closing, I want to say thanks for being here and, uh, you know, help us spread the message. All right. Thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. Welcome to more the meets these guys this week. Boo the excellent underground.com.net. Well, actually, dot com now, too. Oh. Uh, he's gonna be joining me for issue number five of the Marvel UK original uh comic, which is the uh part one of the issue number three in the US Marvel. So, uh, welcome everyone. Hello, hey, there he is. Oh, uh, so, um, first of all, I gotta say, the uh, the cover is great. There, there is the someone took. I guess the uh, the the box art of like Thundercracker, and almost you know, kind of redrew it, so he's in the he's in the back corner of like the kind of back half of the uh, issue, and there's this big, you know, like black fist, like I guess a Starscream was supposed to be holding a spark plug. It's yeah, it's a fantastic cover. <laughs> That's definitely a toy based Thundercracker. Oh yeah, and it, the here's the funny thing hmm. is, Skywarp's fist is purple. Mm-hmm. Star Screams is blue, so that's Thundercracker's fist holding him in front of Thundercracker. Yeah, pretty much. I, I well, he's talented. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's actually a really nice looking cover. I mean, if, if you're gonna have the uh, the 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 toy art, I guess the original box art. Oh yeah, it's, it's a good looking cover still. It it's painted. It's really nice, yeah. and I, I like the way his intakes kind of bridge. Like one is behind the title, and one is in front of. Yeah. It's like it's kind of straddling it. Yeah, even like the 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 one I don't know the, the there's the yeah, there's the the one on the I guess his I guess it would be his left. Yeah, mm-hmm. being in front of the R. It's kind yeah. of nice. Anyways, I I always enjoy this kinds of uh, those kinds of looks on the covers of these things. And this is into the evil Decepticon's stronghold. So, yay. Yay. <laughs> so you bring my notes here real quick. So man, first of all, I gotta jump in here to see the editor. The editor is chastising people for using first class mail stamps. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's going like, you know, hey, first of all, all you lot, uh, you don't have to use first class mail. We have a long window of opportunity to get your stuff in. So just chill the first class mail. Don't don't waste your money. I don't know. I, I thought this was kind of great. Oh yeah. Um and I looked it up, and yeah, first class mail mm-hmm. looks like it's the equivalent of what in the U.S. we would have as express mail. So these kids are sending their uh, their letters in by express mail. Yeah, they're overnighting it basically. It's like <laughs> next day delivery. So when they say first class, they really mean it's first class. Whereas you know, 
in America, it's uh, the lowest class of yeah. mail besides like media. It's like it's the cheap mail where it's it's the expensive mail in the yep. UK. Now, something about the cover, the artist was John Ridgway. Okay. Yeah. And he was the first artist on Hellblazer. Really? Okay, I'm yeah. a fan of uh, the early Hellblazer stuff, so that's great. Yeah, so he's the first artist to work on Hellblazer. Uh, he also worked on 2000 AD okay. and was the first artist chosen to depict Judge Dredd without his helmet. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he got that big reveal. Man. Um, he also <laughs> worked on Doctor Who comics from 1984 to 95 and did a Captain Jack comic for Torchwood magazine in 2010. Oh, nice. So it, this guy is like, you should be his biggest fan because it's like <laughs> everything you like, he's worked on. Oh, uh, nice. Let's see. Oh, he also worked on the Babylon 5 comic for DC, which is Transformers adjacent since Larry Dottilio wrote uh, for Babylon 5. God. So, so, yeah, that's what I have on John Ridgeway. But, yeah, that's a... That's a... That's a there, there are some really, really, really cool people who have worked on these, uh, these this first, you know, I guess in us four issues and the uk eight issues yeah yeah so uh, i love the editor the editor on these uh, on the letters columns man i love the way he talks to people like, oh now, yeah now look here you lot some of you need a good telling off i know pocket money has to go a long way so we we so when we arrange competitions and transformers i'm careful to leave you plenty of time to sit in your entries even so lots of you still use first class stamps and you write in these competitions aren't judged till after the closing date to give readers all over the country an equal chance. So check the closing dates to see whether you really need to send your entries first class. Yeah, it, it, it may just like rips into these these kids are like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He, he's uh, got like a dad vibe to him. Totally does. Or almost like a, a ringleader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the uh, the the Autobots fact file yeah, this, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah, Megatron, <laughs> man, and like you know, once again, you're they're using the um, the Watts uh, box art, which mm. it looks man, it never that that toy never looked that good as the box art does. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that is honestly, the original Megatron is is iconic, but is probably the least impressive of those um of those like um gunner robo figures it he just the way he stands mm -hmm. I, i've seen the uh the one the uh the revolver the black revolver i can't think of his, his name in the uh, gunner robo series uh, magnum magnum thank you and yeah. uh browning and the, and the they, they actually have a bit of a you know i don't know a presence when you put a megatron stand him up he's like trying not to fall over the entire time <laughs> <laughs> but he looks really cool as a uh as a character toy you know a little bit be a little bit to be desired he was all about the gun mode uh, that, totally that was, was the role play toy yeah and uh, the in the cannon emplacement though uh was was a nice you know thing you could have the other ones did not have because he was once again the gun from the man from uncle oh yeah and then all the different ways you could put him together yeah all the different you know cannons and stuff you could make on him and the, the giant sniper rifle yeah was the one i like because that was just ridiculous <laughs> It was. was on that one man and so they to if you know you need to remind a, a reminder that this is a british comic they um they have a little um i guess they have a thing for typhoon tea <laughs> so, 
It's like, uh, what is it? The um, Typhoon Teen, the Wonders of Wildlife Kids. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of, it's kind of charming. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you know, you have an American comics, probably a um, hostess comic. They have a Typhoon thing. Oh yeah. You get the hostess comics and then like the full page sea monkey ad. Oh my God. The sea monkey ads. I forgot about those. <laughs> yep. So there's uh, a letter. He is that this guy is asking about an annual or a cartoon for transformers. That, and uh, it, he kind of re- reminds you that the cartoon came after the comic. They, um, they, uh, their editors like, yeah, there's, there's something work. They're, they're already working something for a cartoon. He didn't like. He was very, being very vague about it. That was kind of neat to see that. That uh, they kind of get give you an idea of the time frame of this. But um, there's also, so I, I remember when I was younger, we loved the Marvel superheroes RPG. And there's mm-hmm. like there's a big blurb in the middle of the uh, you know the the letters page about you know the fact that there is a Marvel superhero RPG the the one we uh, had when I was, you know, was younger that was kind of cool too oh yeah it was the the first book they were advertising yeah. there yeah yeah definitely and it, it's just it's kind of cool seeing all that um, it gives you a really a good idea of placement of time yeah this was like Marvel's big expansion time because they also yeah. started the Secret Wars toy line around mm-hmm. this time too so. I mean, considering um, who shows up in the in the end of this with uh, what suit he's wearing, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's the opening um, the opening of the of the comic, and it's a great splash page. Half of the screen's taken up by like spark plugs stuck in a was it Skywarp? It took off. No, it's Starscream. Starscream, yeah. Sitting there, Starscream's uh, canopy, and there's like an overhead shot of him like banging out, you know, saying like. You know, spark plug is a prisoner of war. Yeah, he's got that George Jetson Jane stopped this crazy thing look on <laughs> he his kinda face. He kind of does actually. But uh, yeah, you know, Starscream remarks that uh, machines have been slaves in this world long enough. <laughs> and uh, spark plug pulls up the. Uh, You'll never get away with this. I am an American citizen. <laughs> oh, okay, America, <laughs> America. I just I, Starscream has like the best dialogue in this one where it's like, you know, uh, Sparkplug's telling him, you know, hey, let me out of here. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if I did that, you'd fall to your death. Yeah. Yeah. If, and it reminded me a lot of the banter that Starscream had with Dr. Arkaville in Countdown to Extinction. Kind of is. But always the little smart remarks back to, you know, the pitiful human. Yeah. They're <laughs> squishy. Oh, and he also calls Earth a rep- Pulsive world. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they I mean, really don't like it, it here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, this uh, like you know, Thundercracker Skywarp and uh so Thundercracker and Scarp transform and Soundwave Megatron and Rumble get dumped on the ground pretty much. I mean they these are like you know, um motions as they you know, they fly out, but they're basically like they're just dumping them on the ground. Oh yeah, that's when it showed them changing size. Yeah. Yeah, that's and they true. had a Perfect chance to explain it. Yeah, and they, they did. didn't. They just they said did it was anything. astonishing. So, <laughs> so what? Forty years later, we're still like, oh, I wonder how they did it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like Megatron has this uh, this thought bubble. This is long, you know. He's they thinking through the stuff about Starscream is like, you know the. The only way I hold on to leadership is my fusion cannon. 
And he's hyper aware that Starscream is being very ambitious. He's this whole like he's like walking. He's walking when you think about this with Starscream's in the background. And he's thinking like the only way I can hold on to a leadership is it just it hinges on this fusion cannon on his arm. I don't know. This is kind of cool seeing that uh, those inner thoughts, those inner monologues. It shows, yeah, he's a little insecure. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like his, his gun is the only thing like that's his. I guess his uh, security blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it really kind of goes to um, the during the um, during the comics, especially early Marvel comics of this. Megatron wasn't as all powerful. I mean, there was a lot of um, a lot of you know. I guess uh, would be leaders, um, kind of, kind of usurping power. I mean, there's you go into Shockwave, you know. Spoilers. You, oh, okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Rat Bat. <clears throat> yeah, Anyways. yeah, but yeah, the they juggled Decepticon leaders a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, actually, I think my one of my favorite leaders in the comics was probably Scorpidoc. Mm-hmm. Because he knew. That, uh, he, he was like a planner. He's a schemer. I, I liked how he did things. He wasn't just, you know, like running around. But, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed that, I think. And he actually, he knew the the benefits of working with the Autobots. Mm-hmm. Until he didn't have to anymore than he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's this, this great, okay, once again, you go from the, uh, the line art, then you go to mm-hmm. the color. They do this back and forth once again because the UK is like that. There's like this um, Megatron's holding, or no, Megatron's over there and Starship's holding a spark plug. And he goes, We are not of your world. And spark plug just spit, man. He's like, No kidding. <laughs> you think? <laughs> like Megatron lays out, you know, what's going on here, you know, um, you know, that they're, they need, like, just like he needs oxygen breathe, they need uh, fuel to uh, work. Sparkplug makes the the best observation. He goes, oh, yeah. like, they they had a great energy source on the nuclear power plant and their fingers they disassembled the main of their base. I mean, Sparkplug's like, what do they understand what they did? Yeah, so yeah, he, he said they're like uh what modern men trying to live in caveman times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're out of their element. They can't even fathom our technology it's so far below them yeah so they they took what could have been actually a, a really good way to solve their problem and they tore it apart yeah they so. broke it and made a house out of it yeah they did not the best house either <laughs> uh, <laughs> so oh yeah oh well, go, go ahead. ahead oh i was gonna talk about him uh when he starts giving him his name rank and serial number were you going there next or yeah, he reveals he's a he was a Korean War POW and a Marine, first class. Yep. Which is kind of cool, you know. Once again, you know, because you, they do a lot of good exposition just with these uh little details here and there. It's like they don't have to like beat you over the head with it. Right. Nice. And I didn't remember that at all. I it's been so many years since I've read these. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a neat thing to see. Well, and this is it's Chekhov's gun. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. And this is the first time we see his first name. Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, he says his name is William. Mm-hmm. Okay. But later in the series, it says his name is Irving. Okay. I remembered Irving. That, that's uh, William kind of threw me off. Yeah. And that's in the, the infamous Car Wash of Doom 
issue. Oh my god, yeah. And then uh, Bob Budiansky mm-hmm. revealed at BotCon 2010 that the S in S Witwicky Auto Repair uh-huh. stood for uh, Stanislaus Peter. What? Yeah, because I guess it's a Polish name. Witwicky is a Polish name, and he named him after someone that he knew. <laughs> but that's what it—that's what it stood for. God, that's that's such a weird detail. Yeah, so there are three names for spark plug. <laughs> or I guess four, technically. Your name is spark plug. Huh? My name is Kunta Kinte. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, but back in the Witwicky garage, Buster assesses the situation with the desperate Autobots. Bumblebee blames himself, and then Optimus takes the blame. They're they are so, they are ready to, to like fall on the sword. Everyone here, Bumblebee looks actually like the Sunbow model now, though, which is kind of nice. That you know the horns, the uh, the you know kind of kind face that uh, the yeah. Sunbow, uh, yeah, a mouth, <laughs> yeah, an actual mouth on him. Uh, that Wind Charger Jesse. There's also Wind Charger there, which is kind of nice. Jesse and O show up. O remarks that they resemble George Lucas rejects. <laughs> Man, Jesse is just Jesse's like I don't know he's kind of a jerk here. So um yeah. Anyway, oh, and so th- Windcharger is in tailgate colors. He is, but I actually I kind of really don't I don't attribute a lot of that because the color coloring on this these issues are very suspect. Oh yeah, so, I just thought um, that was interesting that his yeah. doppelganger from two years <laughs> later he's in the, those colors. So when someone saw it and goes, oh, that's a great idea. We'll use those colors. Right. Run with it. Run. Take it. Go. Print it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this this is whole weird thing. Once again, I like the idea of uh, the uh, George Lucas rejects kind of placing mm-hmm. the time frame of uh, the comic. So oh, totally. That. Yeah. This was uh, right after Return of the Jedi. Yep. When people were expecting a new Star Wars, uh, any year. <laughs> <laughs> any year. It's coming yeah. soon. Instead, they got Howard the Duck. <laughs> God, that was such a weird movie. Loved it when I was younger, mind you, but it's such a weird movie. But, you know, so we take a break here. And I understand you have a little bit of knowledge about uh, the Saturday morning show with a robot called, robot called Civ Head. Yes, I looked this up. I had to find out about Civ Head. This is and... such a weird thing, but please. Yeah, he was a robot... Uh, created as like a little character on a show called Saturday Superstore. It was a British television series for children that aired on BBC One from the 2nd of October 1982 to the 18th of April in 1987. And it would often feature musical artists who would open the phone lines live so viewers could talk to the bands. So it was like a little variety show type thing. Okay. And it's most most infamous moment is when they had a band called Matt Bianco, which had like a like a super spy theme. Mm-hmm. They made a promotional appearance, and a live caller named Simon phoned in and called them all a bunch of wankers on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's like an early meme. Like that's still you can still buy T-shirts that say, you know, Matt Bianco, you're a bunch of wankers. Nice. <laughs> And yeah, it's like, yeah, it it went viral before the internet over there. That's great. 
and you can actually look it up on YouTube. There's a clip of that. And you can find just that that scene and just see their faces. <laughs> they were not happy with it. <laughs> Over the phone lines, everyone. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. Well, especially on a, a kids show, so yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I saw something, and I, I started looking a little bit, a little bit about it. And you said, "Man, I'm gonna. I've spent like a day, like uh, basically deep diving into what the Saturday Morning Superstore is all about." Oh yeah, that, there was a, a deep dive, especially about the the Simon call. That's what ninety percent of what people talk about about that show is the Simon call. <laughs> yeah, p- people usually remember things like that for the wrong reasons, not the reason. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, apparently, you know, today we don't really think much about, it, especially over here on this side of the Atlantic. But back then, mm-hmm. at in that location, that was a really bad thing. So basically, he called them a bunch of chronic masturbators. <laughs> well (laughs) that's beautiful yeah yeah, early trolling right there (laughs) that's what you get to open phone lines folks open phone lines (laughs) who's on next Simon (laughs) (laughs) it's probably a good reason we don't do live uh, you know people on here you know popping in Oh yeah, well, I mean, think about the the stuff you've seen that's gone down on public access when they do that. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, favorite thing to watch on a YouTube. Yeah, this is one of those moments. Besides, besides the uh, the guy who uh, buys airtime on public access to uh, preach and then uh, do uh, do rap songs and stuff. What's that guy? Oh, oh, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Of I know you're talking about the uh, the spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah. Man, he was on access. Tosh once. <laughs> What's that? He was on Tosh Point O once. Oh my God, that that's yeah. one of my favorite things on on YouTube I've found recently. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> it's bizarre. It's so weird. I showed it to my stepson, and he's laughing. He's like, "What is this?" Is it? I don't know, man. This guy, he's he's a preacher who bought time on local access, and this is what he does with the time. He screams and curses at everyone that calls in. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. But back to Transformers. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of religion. Oh, yeah. So Optus Prime says, we must return to the Ark immediately to refuel. And O is down there going, the Ark? And it's, it's, it's not going to rain any, or anything, is it? <laughs> oh, oh, that's the ship. Yeah, he made a, a Noah's Ark little, reference. Yeah, a little fun little <laughs> uh, you know joke about what's going on with all that. But uh, so uh, there, the whole the whole problem with them going out and trying to you know trying to get fuel is, man, the Ark's not really big on power either. It's really low. Oh yeah, that's some old gas in that ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's like once we refueled. Uh, yeah, you have a word will return your father to you. Oh yeah, and oh, they like... they just transform in front of the entire neighborhood. So like the whole robots in disguise thing is like done. The police, the neighbors, I mean the crowd outside. They don't, oh they're, yeah, they're dog just... catcher. They're all there. Oh yeah, and the mailman's <laughs> there. Like I want to totally people at the post office. <laughs> um, I don't believe what happened. And like I think it's O. He's sitting there. No, maybe it's not O. I don't know. Some random person goes like, wow. Oh and yeah, that's they, some other guy. Yeah, they 
they load, load up Sideswipe and Hound to the back of his trailer and drive off. You know, it's kind of nice to see him use the trailer for something like that. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of use out of the trailer. Yeah, and, I mean, in the previous scenes, it's still there. Like, it doesn't disappear at all. Yeah. It, it's not one of those... We I think when they accepted things when we were younger, it was like it goes off to like a pocket dimension or something like that. All right. Well, that's what we made up online. And then eventually that became, you know, official because yep. it would just disappear. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally some scenes in the cartoon, you know, we've seen and Ultimate Doom where you see it materialize like it's all glowy and then it's there. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so. So Jesse starts swooning over Buster going to help his dad and like O's over here f- trying to find excuses not to help. And like Jesse says, she goes, Buster's risking his life to save his father. I always knew he was sensitive. I didn't realize he was so brave. And <laughs> O's over there going, gee, I come along and help, but I don't think my folks would understand. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> now do you see the truck in the background going over the bridge? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is the truck from the US One comic. Huh. Wow, which that, that was a, another toy licensed comic that yeah, they were doing was, at the time. I don't know yeah. if you remember, it was a trucker comic. And yeah, totally. that's the truck from US One driving in the background. So it's another that's little Marvel cool. cameo. Nice. Oh man, so there's a there's a there's a there's a motorcycle cop hanging out there and he like the his little thought bubble. Like, cause he sees, um, you know, Buster in the, in the cab of Optimus Prime. And he's like, that kid and his friends must be looking for trouble. Why else would they pass me going at 30 miles over the limit? <laughs> I don't know how fast the Autobots are going, but I, I, you know, I, I'm assuming they're like, there's, there's barreling through, you know, the, the countryside. I mean, Ready 30 miles over the limit. That's like the minimum for like the slow lane nowadays. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're going to get run off the road going that slow. <laughs> <laughs> I've read my notes here. So I was reading this. Like, we read this a couple weeks ago. My notes are punch clocks. The Autobots at 30 over the speed limit. Oh, punch. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, he yeah, does so, look like uh, one of the chips. Yeah, exactly. So we have another robot roundup. Oh, yes. Which is kind of cool. They have the, you know, they, they talk about the, uh, the people who actually, you know, work on the robots, you know, not just the robots themselves. And you know the the the, the picture is them like, like a, an engineer working with a screwdriver trying to adjust a a robotic hand. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good hand too. That's a really detailed hand. That is considering the time. I mean, I don't know. I'm really not not sure what it goes to. They don't really. I guess I don't know if I remembered reading what it goes to. It was just a um, you know, a representation of what they were working on. It's really cool though. Yeah, that's Percy's hand. Oh, it's Percy's. Okay. Yeah, which I did a little digging on this part, too. No, by all <laughs> means, please. Okay, well, there, there's a lot of talk in here about AIs taking our jobs. Oh, yeah, Ooh. which is timely these days. This Precious. is, uh, yeah, it's more that premonition instead of real world factors creeping in. This is like <laughs> factors of the future creeping in. It was prophetic. We didn't even right. Know. And they go about, uh, was it? Dennis Weston's Tinker car wash robot, and then Percy. So Dennis Weston created both of those. First, he built a car washing robot, mm-hmm. which that's not that uncommon anymore. No, no like, not at all. Yeah, every gas station has one. And then Percy was the first one to have uh, 
that he built that had human-like hands and 360 vision. So it's already better than us because <laughs> you can see all the way around its head. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the picture of it right now. Yeah. yeah so... It's better than most Transformers, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're Can't 4 sneak million up behind years him, old. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. They talked about robots having simulated voices, which, you know, that's a big deal right now. Uh, talking refrigerators, which we have smart fridges that will tell you when you're low on milk. Yeah. You know, AI televisions and robo doctors. And they're actually, you know, pushing towards like, I guess, triage AIs. So you can talk yeah. to them before you talk to a doctor. And I mean, people have been using WebMD for how long to find out that they don't have cancer? Or they could have cancer. <laughs> yeah, that. they could have. <laughs> Everything is cancer. So, yes. yeah. And this is, uh, over one of the predictions they had is that over time people become more tolerant at communicating with machines, mm-hmm. and yeah, we do. I mean, how often is it just commonplace you see you talk to Siri or Alexa, you know, or Cortana or whatever else you know is out there? These little digital assistants in our phones, we carry them in our pockets. I think he just like started like um alerting all my Alexa and, and, and like Siri devices. See, now they're listening. They're like they're mm-hmm. talking about us again. Ooh, they all start going off. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they talked about you know, user ease, which is basically like a, a type of language we would use to speak to these AIs. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's certain uh, phrases you have to use when you're talking to, you know, your digital assistants to, yeah. you know, to get what you want out of them. I mean, when they're not eavesdropping and ordering stuff because, you know, you talked about something you saw on TV. <laughs> So but it, there was an episode of South Park, wasn't it, where they uh, they were the Alexa episode? Oh yeah, they started uh, mentioning things, and like the Alexa would start uh, filling the cart. Right, yeah, it, all kinds of stuff, and it was just picking up ambient conversation, and that that's happened like quite a, to quite a few people. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I was thinking of the, the user ease is, you know, this applies to like the prompts that, you know, use on stable diffusion and mid journey for the generative AIs. Yeah. You, you have to phrase things a certain way. And so basically you have to learn how to speak to them. Yeah. You so basically they learn were the positive and negative prompts, right? You learn how exactly to say the certain phrases to get what you want out of it. And so this prediction was spot on. We're doing that right now. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, well, even like when you talk to your Xbox or whatever, and you have certain phrases to tell turn on or turn off or whatever. <laughs> Do you remember that we used to play on the Xbox and I had the connect and I would be like, oh, yeah. saying something and I would start popping on the screen. I'd be like, Xbox, stop listening. That's exactly what I thought of. When I read that. <laughs> you guys would be dying. We, we'd be playing GTA 5 and I, I'd just say something about like the Xbox and it would pop up like, yes. <laughs> Stop listening. <laughs> God. Oh, so Sir Clive Sinclair in this article is mm-hmm. quoted as saying, in decades, not centuries, uh, machines of silicon will arise first to rival and then surpass their human progenitors. Once they surpass us, they will be capable of their own design. And like I said, this was 84 when this was quoted. I didn't see exactly when he said that, though. But yeah, I mean, we're. That's like, I guess, a, a big I social guess. problem right now. It's a controversy because the AIs are starting to catch up to us. Yeah. Well, the problem is we have a lot of AIs that mimic 
um, human like thinking, but they, they we don't we can't really tell if they actually are having they're developing their own thoughts. And then we we like basically we we let an AI go to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you've heard of like the uh, the the instances where like the Bing bot uh, would do things that were like it would like start. I don't know. It was was it the one that got very racist? Oh, there's been a few of them that did that like within a day. Yeah. <laughs> Let loose on the internet, and it'll find. There was a one that started doing, um, I don't know, uh, like like porn talk. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah, it's just what we have out there. If we're gonna, if we have AI learning, we need to. It's like it's like teaching a child. You need to be very careful about what you are teaching. Right, you can't just let your kid run wild on the internet, or they'll Ooh. run across some stuff that'll warp their brains. And we're letting these these infant minds these computer mm-hmm. minds yeah. just browse the entire internet and it's like that you don't know that's a bad idea <laughs> one of the favorite lines from the uh the 2007 transformers movie like oh you you could talk he's like yes we've learned from your internet every time i hear that line it cracks me up like man oh yeah from the world the wide web <laughs> yeah the world wide web like, you know, and then there's always a joke from Avengers, you know, where Ultron spent five minutes on the internet and decided that humanity had to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, <Yeah>. nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's something you said for uh, AI being guided. Like if you were to, you know, I don't know, try to teach a generative AI art program, you want to, you know, you feed it your own prompts to kind of develop it. Oh, yeah, which, you know, I, I'm all into that. Well, exactly. So, well, I was mentioning it that way. Yeah. And, you know, they can't function without us. It's not just making art on its own. You know, yeah. it's it's just another tool to be used to generate more stuff. It, it reminds me a lot of like the, the filters and the when the filters use alg- algorithms anyway, you know, the ones that make you look old or make you look mm-hmm. young and all that. It's just the next step in that. Well, I mean, you like still we- have to guide it. Yeah, like you and I talked, you know, they back back in the old days, it used to be, uh, you know, synthesizers were, you know, gonna, they were not real music or sampling wasn't real music, right? Or all, you know, uh, what we were saying, like Warhol, what his art was considering, you know, considered not real art. Oh yeah, well, even the invention of the camera was met yeah. with controversy because they thought, well, people can just take a perfect image of, you know, a site or a person, then that's going to put all artists out of work. They predicted that, and that's yeah. not what happened. And, you and know, Sir Clive went into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that uh, he felt that these machines will probably put many people out of their jobs, but in the long run, they'll open the door to a much better world where people have more freedom and more interest in art, music, and a higher standard of living, which yeah. it's kind of ironic that now it seems like people are worried about competing with them in art and music. Yeah, and, um, you know, honestly, if... I, I've messed around with AI um, art on the web. When you go to a web prompt, mm-hmm. that's taking everything people put into it before that and trying to make an image of what you're saying. When you're teaching something on your own system, like you do, um, yeah. that's, you are guiding it towards something you want to do. So I don't know. It, it's it's interesting and it's 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 coming. So whether we uh, embrace it or we fight it, it's coming. Oh yeah. Well, all the major uh, digital art. I guess standards like Adobe and mm-hmm. Shutterstock and all that, they're all developing their own AI. Apple announced they're doing it. Yeah. You know, so everybody's gonna have it in their Apple device. And if Apple's doing it, Android's gonna be doing it. Microsoft yeah. is doing it. Google, 
you know, oh, God, well, yes. yeah, Microsoft's Bing, you know, has its yeah. own generative AI right yeah. now. So uh, people who are, you know, saying it's, it's stealing this, or st- every artist learns from other art they find, they come across. So, you know, whether we let it loose into the interwebs or we uh, teach it and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, kind of push it towards a certain, you know, uh, style. Think of yourself as a uh, your, yourself as a uh, like a high school art teacher. Well, and art is a continuity. I mean, going all the way back to you know Egypt and to the Renaissance, you mm-hmm. know the you know go through Rome and all that, and all the way to the Renaissance. We're mm-hmm. all a continuity of sharing these ideas and building upon them. We're yeah. all standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. So and, uh, yeah. the only way to be part of that continuity is to be part of it. You can't. If you hold out your art or whatever you creatively make, mm-hmm. then it's going to disappear with you when you die. Mm-hmm. So every artist, at least traditionally, hopes to inspire the next generation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's inevitable that, you know, some of those in the next generation are going to be artificial intelligences. Yeah. I mean, we've known this for a long time. I mean, this book we're reading right here is actually about artificial intelligences. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so um, thank you, everyone, for coming to our TED Talk. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's just very timely that this article pops up. Like, we read it right now. Yeah, Sammy, this is something we've been, obviously, we've been thinking about 40 years. Yeah. And now it's just, we got to the point now where things are happening so fast. People, you know, they they want to put their foot down and get off the merry-go-round. But thing is, it's going to keep going anyways. The merry-go-round is going to keep spinning. If you put your foot down to stop things, it's going to keep going without you. Well, that's why I chose to to jump into it because mm-hmm. I was kind of late to the game getting into like uh, Photoshop and digital art. I was a traditional artist. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I felt a little intimidated by it, mm-hmm. but I went and I, I took classes and went and got an art degree. And like a lot of it was, you know, you know, working with digital uh, media like illustrator and InDesign and all that. And I just dove in and found it, you know, and it was fun. You yeah, know, but- it was intimidating at first to learn how to work it. But, you know, after that, you know, I could do great things with stuff I couldn't do before. Yeah. And when the generative AI popped up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get ahead of the curve on this. I'm going to jump in and find it out because I'm not going to let it, uh, I guess, intimidate me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to master it. So I'm not intimidated by it. Yep. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, you could say, um, you know, it's going to replace things. No, it's not. It's going to make, it's going to make another, I don't know, another medium. Yeah. Um, It's going to be another genre of art, just like digital art is. And just like photography is, you know, AI is not going to learn to paint with a brush and a, and a canvas. Well, and and it might, but that'll be, you know, that'll literally be, artificial intelligence or robot art you know yeah i mean no one was scared of coco the gorilla when she started painting yeah it's true (laughs) i mean that's gorilla art (laughs) oh man uh (laughs) anyways moving back to transformers right these fake ais so uh (laughs) so uh, the ones we like (laughs) yeah exactly there's the cops chasing down like all these all the Autobots and he's like yeah this isn't the Indy 500 hello kid and Gears runs up to him he's like hey get lost two wheels we're trying to save your world there's no stopping us now 
Yeah, Gears insults a cop. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> and, and like, it's just as Sarge always said, there'd be, there, if you put enough miles, you'll believe a car could talk. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. So, that's like the old trope, you know, where, you know, the guy sees Mr. Ed talk, so he throws his whiskey flask out of his pocket away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, they drive back over the mountain and make it back to the Ark, and Ratchet looks like the Sunbow Ratchet. Yeah, but, they uh, finally got the, the finalized model for him. Yeah, and uh, Auto Launcher is there uh, working on the Ark, basically rebuilding and stuff. And he's, he he's driving around on roller. Yeah. Just like, you know, the, the new core class uh, Optimus that yep. they just showed on Hasbro Pulse. But yeah, they've got that uh, configuration in this issue. <laughs> yeah. Which and this is the first time we've been able to do that with the toy. Yeah. At least that I'm aware of. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the original one's attached to the uh, to the trailer. Right. Um, I think you can. Well, you can actually take it off on the uh, Earthrise, but you can't really put it on. There's, there's you know, the roller thing isn't you know happening because... Oh yeah, yeah, there's no roller in it. You yeah, have to you, get the Centurion, or yeah, yes, Centurion, yes, yeah, Drode, from which I ended up getting myself, and uh, it doesn't work. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you. <laughs> yep, and and I love it, man. Like so, Buster's having the time of his life. They're they're pulling up. He's like, wow, the arc is unbelievable. Meanwhile, Sparkplug, oh, Mister William Sparkplug Woodwicky, is being tortured by. <laughs> By laser peak. Oh yeah, with his eye beams. Yeah. yeah. Um, See, laser beak's living up to his interrogation function. He is. He's being interrogated heavily, and he's like, you know, he's basically doing the talk outline with lasers on the wall. Oh yeah, even traced around his fingers. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, basically, like, hey, y'all, you know, do what you have to. He's like, okay, Megatron's like, you can stop, you know, torturing him, laser beak, essentially. Um, so yeah, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can work with you guys, but I like need a sample of your fuel. So Rumble here, by the way, in this comic is red. Remind yeah, me. he matches the toy colors. Yep. So we haven't gotten quite there yet with the, uh, with the show colors yet. So he like, Hey, Rumble, give this guy some of your fuel. He's like, yeah, no problem, boss. He takes, he takes off his hand or something. He's done something with his hand and he like shoots like I don't know, it looks like gasoline or something from his arm. Into yeah, his some barrel. kind of oil-looking substance. Yeah, but I like it though because he, um, his first use of this, he is like, "Say when, Scraplet." Yeah, that's the first time Scraplet shows up in the comic, which is kind of cool. Or in the whole and all the lore, really. Yeah, it's the first time it's ever mentioned. Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm just laughing at you know that spark plug. You know, he, he's a grease monkey, and he's just gonna be able to take this mech fluid from rumble and somehow find a way to make gasoline into that yeah exactly it's like he he'd have to be like walter white to do that (laughs) he would still have trouble with that kind of chemistry you know because i mean there's i don't even know where to begin to try to figure out where this alien fluid could be turned from gas or if it's even possible it reminds me of like jeff goldblum and his uh Mac Power Book on Independence Day. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, hack right into the alien ships. <laughs> It'll work just fine, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's over there going like, "I still need raw materials." Like, yeah, nothing's beyond our our means, human. What do you require? He's like, "Well, I'm gonna need you know fuel in a, in a lab." Man, 
freaking Soundwave goes to Eugene, Oregon, home of the Oregon Ducks, and steals <laughs> this huge chemistry lab equipment thing. It looks like it's a chemistry machine. <laughs> it's 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 like this big metal machine that does chemistry. I guess <laughs> it looks like something from Doctor Seuss. It does those contraptions he always had. You know, yeah. that thing makes star-bellied sneeches or something. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a guy in the uh, Kim Labs like I'd quit this job. I wasn't so close to retirement. Like, <laughs> okay, man, whatever. That's cool. Oh yeah, that's the security guard that's like shooting sound wave in the butt. Yeah, <laughs> it's like bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Rumble like starts like uh, you know crashing the uh, the the road and. Uh, <laughs> He says, like, in the line, pink thing. That is the <laughs> weirdest, most awkward, uh, I guess, way to talk to a human. But, I mean, whatever. That's oh, cool. yeah. Well, and Bumblebee called uh, Sparkplug and Buster pink things before when That's he was right. in their garage. Yeah, do all pink things talk so much? <laughs> That's right. It's cool, though. Um, like, Rubble like, takes the Acme truck, which, by the way, it's an Acme uh, fuel truck. Wraps <laughs> a cord around it and uh and throws a lasso up to uh Starscream. It's, oh yeah, that <laughs> this will work. Starscream lassos a uh, a fuel tanker and uh, he flies it as jet mode back to the base. Well, and with Acme, so that's like the 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 cheap fuel. They got like the cheapest gas. Yeah, you know, like brand X. <laughs> they got generic <laughs> gas to turn into transformer fuel <laughs> there is this great like few panels of different like it pulls it into the marvel universe even more so it's like in dc you have the white house and this is these uh voice bubbles well at least no injuries were reported the robot on the robots raid on harrison nuclear power plant we're unable at this time to prove that the russians are controlling robots sir well you know <laughs> what that is right what's that that's a reagan impression well oh, at least no injuries <laughs> Oh my God! They, which they is actually went right in with the Reagan well, <laughs> which plays into the next uh, thing from Moscow. And there are sorry, it's in it's in brackets, and then a little asterisk down the bottom says translated from Russian. Bob, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> they must be testing their Star Wars arsenal, comrade. Oh yeah, good old strategic defense initiative. <laughs> yeah, that so was more real world factors leaking in yep, there. Man, this place is right in that time frame. This is so good. Because when I was growing up, I heard kept hearing Star Wars on the news. I was so confused. And yeah, then, they didn't even show Star Wars in Russia for like decades. Like they showed Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, but they wouldn't show Star Wars because it was linked to the SDI. <laughs> That's great. They they didn't want them to think we had a Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, the next panel uh, in the flying headquarters of America's super spy organization, Shield. The David Hasselhoff. Um, oh, <laughs> there's Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah, Nick Fury. Dum Dum Dugan's behind him, you know, with his with his bowler and all that. He's like, we got to check out what's going on in Oregon, Nicholas. And Fury is over there. He looks like the uh, the David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. Uh, you know, like Dum Dum. If that big green fire snorting lizard is loose again, I quit. Yeah, so you have a Godzilla reference there yeah, too. Yeah, and they pulled in all the stops on this. They pulled in all the all the things from different different genres just to get it all in here in place with the timestamp when it happened. It was that's fantastic, right? Yeah, this is set firmly in the '80s Marvel 
universe. Mid '80s Marvels, perfect. But, but just for the miniseries, this is soon like wiped away. Yeah. In fact, in the letters column in the U.S., they actually told everyone just to stop bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So I actually, I, I'm not familiar with us uh, like Spider Man at this time. So I'm not familiar with the uh, the new editor in chief Joe Robertson. Yeah, that's Robbie Robertson. Okay. Yeah, but... Joe is his like first name. He goes oh. Joe Robbie Robertson. Okay, I just I yeah. never got that. But uh, yeah, so he's he's basically sending Peter Parker as assignment. He's a, he's really good uh, experience with uh, shooting Spider Man. So he's going to send him out to find out what's going on with this. Uh, what's it with the power plant? Oh yeah, well, all the news reporters are reporting on shape-changing robots, so that yeah. that whole disguise thing is completely blown by this issue. <laughs> There's no yeah. disguise. So, uh, yeah, and Dawn, and like this is a great thing with like all these uh, news crews outside. There's tanks. There's soldiers outside of the uh, of the. I, I called it um, outside Castle Ravenloft. Um, <laughs> Castle Decepticon here, right? It, it looks like this really weird um, amalgamation of like, I don't know, metal and stone castle thing in the distance. Yeah, because it's up on like a hillside, but it's like a, like a precarious point. It's not like where a stable castle would be built. It's like hanging yeah. over the side. It's like it's Castle Dracula up there. It really is. Oh, yeah. Simon Belmont's going to go run up in that and solve all the problems. <laughs> Wait, not Simon Belmont, Peter Parker. Um, <laughs> so, and he's, he's over there, like worried about you know not getting able to get exclusives because there's so many people there, and I got to break away. And once again, he puts it firmly in this time frame in the mid '80s Marvel because um, Peter Parker has the symbiote suit, but it's it's before you know um, you know um, before all the stuff happens with Venom and Carnage and all that. So oh right yeah, now, he didn't even know it was like an alien at this time. He just thought yeah, he, it was a really fancy space suit. Exactly. He got it from the Secret Wars, you know, comics. Yeah, the he Battle got, World. Yeah, Battle World. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love. It. He says like this costume is quite a time saver. All I have to do is think about changing it. it takes care of the rest. Yeah, because it's learning. It's a, it's an AI. It's learning. Right. Um, but hey, here's the thing, though. Okay, you see how yeah. his clothes instantly change into the costume, right? Yeah. Save that thought for later. Okay? Oh, yes, right. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. so oh, like, and. What's that? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, about to talk about that, too. The message from the military. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it, they do a Mars attacks. Because <laughs> <Hey, laughs> the military sends them a message saying, we, oh, we come in peace. And Megatron replies by sending Starscream out to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Starscream can handle this petty annoyance. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we, we got this. Meanwhile, Sparkplug is in there with the gasoline, the Acme gasoline truck in the the uh, University of Oregon's um, chemistry lab thing. He's got this like little like, um, you, ever, you, you remember the old uh, like uh, oil can things that you like, you put your oh, yeah. bottom. Yeah, he's got one of those up there for some reason in the stopper. In case a tin man needs it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got like the, the super deluxe Mr. Wizard set in there too. So. He does. He has all the only cool looking chemistry uh beakers and such. So yeah, um <laughs> Star Screen and other seekers go out there and just basically like start laying. Okay, we also 
once again, we're having something brought up in the uh, in this comic that we are we've it's been in the news here lately. So like the the, the general or whatever is like, look out there, hit with his cluster bombs. Yep. Cluster bombs. We just talked about it recently, actually, on like one mm-hmm. of the last episodes, and the uh, it's it's been a big thing with uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, how basically how destructive they can be, and how yeah, horrible they are, and they've been outlawed for what, since twenty twelve, I believe. Yeah, well, they're not outlawed over there, apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, so, you have to, I guess, follow the law. Yeah. If you can't enforce it, then, you know, what good's it going to do to just wave paper at them? <laughs> if they're <laughs> so, waving bombs back at your paper, it's not going to help. <laughs> pretty much. And, uh, yeah, so the, the journals out here are saying that fire the anti-aircraft missiles. It looks like a freaking G.I. Joe, um, like, missile emplacement tank thing. Which, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not the Mobat, but I think that there's another tank that popped up that looked like the Mobat. Yeah. yeah. It's real, real ambiguous, but some of these, uh, the army, um, you know, equipment here. Yeah. Because once again, you know, we talked about this has happened in 84. G.I. Joe was already a comic before this. So it was already being, it had already been established before Transformers had been established. So yeah, it was those, like a year or two before. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. like you, you could easily. I'm kind of surprised they didn't pull GI Joe into this at this point. But right, it, it always seems like it should go hand in hand. You think? They, yeah, could, I mean, they're, they're trying to bring everything Hasbro. else Marvel into this. Why not? Yeah, they got everybody but the other Hasbro properties. Pretty much. <laughs> and like Thundercracker goes over, does this whole like you know Sonic Boom thing. It's like see what happens when they can't hear their orders, and you know there's a whole boom thing in the in the panel, and then like. Start uh, Buzzsaw. Oh man, Buzzsaw comes up in here and he's just he runs through the wing of one of these jets that's like pursuing the uh Starstream, the other seekers. Yeah, he just slices the wing off like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, all these all these things are going on this like dogfight session here. They're basically getting you know beat up pretty badly. Yeah, they're getting trounced. It's yeah, and uh, this this guy has on the back of his helmet. United States Air Force, so you know who it is. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt who this is. It's kind of, it's not like it's uh, Burgers uh, troops, right? <laughs> we know who this is. He's not he, planes. Yeah, exactly. He's he tries to shoot, um, you know, Skywarp, and they Skywarp disappears. Yeah, it's like everybody's showing off their powers again. Yep. And, and Buzzsaw is insulting him as he's cutting them up, calling them like primitive Earth machines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's and not he, impressed. <laughs> no, no. But, you know, we go right into another issue of Machine Man. Yes. The uh, this, this is a continuing story from last time where, you know, he had the guy's dad dying and he electrified the fence to stop the shooter and caused the some strange creation. These people that got electrified by it showed up as these new beings. Yeah, it's 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 man, it's so eighties comics. Oh yeah, I mean the so uh, yeah, and this is uh, Wolfman and Ditko again. This is still their story. It is such a uh, Silver Age kind of story origin. Well, and here's something that's funny about you know these new progeny of Machine Man. Uh-huh. Uh Did you see in the color pages what they're dressed like? No, they're they're dressed like Speedball. Huh, they kind of are actually. You remember yeah. Speedball from like the New Warriors? Very, very uh, vaguely. 
he was created by Steve Ditko and Tom DeFalco <laughs> in 88, four years after this. So he liked this costume so much that he adapted it for speedball. Nice. With the yellow and little bubbles all over it. <laughs> so, cool. yeah. And Machine Man is kind of stupid again. <laughs> well, he's Dynamut. Yeah. And they, well, they keep telling him over and over who they are and that his powers won't work on them. And then every time he attacks them and his powers don't work, he asks them again, who are you? It's like they keep telling him he's like <laughs> stuck in a loop. Yeah. And so they put him in a stasis field to restrain him because he keeps ineffectively attacking them for no reason. And then he demands that they release him so he can ineffectively attack them even harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll try this again. No, no, don't. Yeah. No. Still not working. And then we get a, a slight commercial break with the four in line electronic AI battery operated uh, game, which looks like Connect Four. It essentially is Connect Four. But yeah. you're playing against a computer. But the cool thing about this is there's a contest, another contest. They loved giving kids free toys in the UK. Dude, we got nothing like this over here. So many contests. There is like eight prices worth like worth like what 25 pounds each? Yeah, I believe that's the uh yeah, it's the game. Like you yeah. win the game, yeah. And you no. had to unscramble the Transformers names to win the prizes. <laughs> oh, that's and right. And it, it's some pretty good gibberish, uh, but I actually went through and uh, worked them out. <laughs> Please do, because I completely forgot to go through these. Oh, yeah. So number one is Wind Charger. Oh, number two, yeah, is Optimus Prime, yeah. which that was the, the messiest one. <laughs> That's, a, yeah. Yeah, number three is Starscream. Mm, I see that. Number four is Laserbeak, but it's spelled with a Z instead of an S. It is. I see that. So huh. they, they threw you a curveball there. Nice. Yeah. So then we get back to Machine Man. <laughs> okay. He's going to he's gonna give them all a big hug. Yeah. Well, we have a real world, world factor creeping in because he says humanity is destroying itself. And when you point it out, they state that salvation costs too much. Oh, which that's we're dealing with that right now too. This whole issue is like prophetic for what we're dealing yeah. with now. They were like forty years early, or at yeah. least they tried to warn us forty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and this comic is actually from the seventies. Uh, I think it's from seventy nine. Wow! Originally, so it goes even further back. Well, there you go. So yeah, and then we get the Transformer subscription page after that. Yeah, which honestly, I kind of, I kind of like the uh, little comic there. It's uh, it's like, is like gears and uh, you know, black suit Spider Man. Oh yeah, that's a preview of next issue. Yep. But you know, oh, go ahead. No, I said you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of cool seeing this stuff. You you kind of forget that you could do a subscription service, uh, but through mail for uh, comics. I mean, <laughs> so the postal service could mangle your comics. Pretty much, like you know, that's why um, you know, when I was you know my. You know, late teens, early twenties, we had a you know, comic shop. They just put them all in a box for us and go pick them up. And uh, yeah, you know, it's much safer that way. Well, here's the thing: is while at this point in the U.S., you know, we didn't know the series was going to be anything more than the four issue limited series. Yeah, but here we are, and what I guess correlates to issue three, yeah, and they're letting part. them know that there's going to a year subscription, so yeah. that. They knew before we did that it was going to be a continuing series. 
Yeah, apparently it was you know, looking at these letters and looking at how they're trading, it looked like it was a huge hit. Yeah. I kind yeah, of they, the, they ran with it. The uh they're they the openers overspill. There's a lot of like fan art, which is not bad for uh, you know, kids trying to draw transforms. They just have seen in a few issues. Oh yeah, and you see the guy in the middle, the purple yeah. guy with like the red blast? Yeah. It looks like Cyclonus. Kind of does. <laughs> but you know, Cyclonus was way off. Like Gary yeah. hadn't even designed him at this point. But yeah, there's a dude there. It looks like Cyclonus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and of course, we also have the uh, robot watch, the chrono, chrono, bot or chrono chronoform. Yeah. Chronoform, yeah. Is, is that the actual chronoform? Uh, I don't know. It's just Hell. robot watch. Yeah, just robot watch. So yeah. probably not. <laughs> you know, Gray would not appreciate that. Right? Oh, yeah. Uniform. I think he'd like it anyway. All the watches are good. <laughs> it's like all the dogs are good boys. All the watches are good boys. <laughs> I remember like years ago when I when those were really popular, I had a little scorpion one. Oh yeah, that was a cool. I think that was probably the coolest one because you know they yeah. had the jet and the little robot and all that. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the scorpion was always the coolest one. Yeah, it, I it, it, I kind of like hated it because I wanted the little robot guy, but you know, who knew I had the cool one? I'm gonna tell BZ you hated the scorpion. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should know by now. <laughs> mumble, Back mumble, some mumble. more machine man. Oh yeah, so. And so he's gone from, you know, he, last issue, he was going around just saving random people. Yeah. You know, he, it didn't matter. He was just running from person to person, helping everybody. Okay. He's gone from that to wanting to help destroy humanity to just speed it on its way now. And it's like just five minutes earlier, he was trying to save as many people as he could. So Sheen Man's not stable. He's not. <laughs> he's terrible. Yeah. He, he's having some bad operating system problems. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> you know what? <laughs> He's like Red Alert. <laughs> <laughs> the next episode we're going to do. Oh, yeah. What a berserk. You see, all want to see me destroyed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, Machine Man has a lot in common with Red. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so he's fighting people that claim to be his children from him electrifying the fence who, who can see his future now. Now they can see the future. See that he's he's kind of I don't know he I feel like he's he's a little intimidated. So what yeah. do you, what do you do when you you're intimidated? You destroy it, right? Right, and he's a bad father because these people are saying they're his kids basically, and all he wants to do is beat them up because <laughs> they know more than he does. Come okay. here, college boy. <laughs> Go, so, yeah, exactly. And I mean, he he really wants to destroy humanity badly. Yeah. So his progeny has to start deciding if they're going to kill Machine Man. <laughs> like uh, is he too far gone can are we not gonna be able to let him go so yeah. did you did you go and read through this one did you no, suffer through this one? Oh, okay yeah the dude is, is he's bonkers i kind of skimmed through it a bit so i don't I, I don't you know i didn't read every bit of it, it yeah it, i can understand it's hard to go through i just oh, punish myself with it it's a brutal comic to read. I'm paying for sins by reading Machine Man. <laughs> it's, it's not the best. <laughs> oh, oh. When Disco did not do the best work here. Yeah. Well, oh, well, Ditko did great work here. Well, yeah, the art. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, Wolfman did not. Wolfman, yeah. This is this is an odd period for Wolfman. <laughs> Thankfully, he went off to do better better things after that. Oh, totally. He did better stuff before too. So, yeah. uh, so this was just an odd. Period, time period. It was, it was a job or thing for him. 
Totally. Yeah, and so then next we get uh, Matt and the Cat, which this is the <laughs> the first time this comic strip ran. Like this is his debut. It and was so weird. Yeah, they just, they're mean to Humph the Cat. Yeah, I, I just it seems such a weird placement in this in this comic. Yeah, well, I guess because there's a robot in it. Yeah, I mean, like at the end, it's just kind of like an afterthought. Yeah, because he says he has to put the cat out, and he puts the cat out like right out of what the fifth story window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Hump falls five stories into a trash can, and then a, I guess a garbage man robot picks up the trash can. Yeah, pretty much. They, they've already got automated garbage men. <laughs> so AI garbage men. Yeah. So they already took their jobs. <laughs> And yeah, then it just leaves us hanging. Like, we don't know what's happening after this until next issue. But then Machine Man comes back. Yes. There, there's no escaping Machine Man. <laughs> the uh, His his progeny, his, his children decide, like, okay, look, we're going to, you, you, you've learned, we've taught you uh, what's going on here. So we're going to leave now. So um, we're going to go off to space now. Bye. Oh, yeah. Well, the little kid whose dad was hurt points out the machine man saved his dad so he's not all bad even though he wants to kill humanity and like that sways him like oh suddenly like oh yeah i'm not a jerk i was nice to people all ago and he's surprised to see this compassion from humans as he's only seen evil and i really think this guy needs to work on his sample size for his research (laughs) (laughs) he's like remember the time you saved my dad oh okay yeah Yeah, like five minutes ago (laughs) i remember He's still bleeding out over there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> now, Aaron, we must go. Yeah. And yeah. They, so his progeny just uh, disappear into like a portal of light into the sky. Yeah. Yeah. It's just poof. And then they all forget about the shooter. <laughs> and Machine Man and the injured dad and the kid hug. And like nobody cares about the shooter anymore. <laughs> nope. Everything's fine now. So these guys appear again in Marvel Comics. And we're given their name, and they appear in Quasar. Oh, well. Yeah, in 1990. So 11 years later, these guys pop up. Did Wolfman write that one, too? Ah, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. You can see him going like, man, I need an idea. Oh, that weird Machine Man comic. I made these guys. Oh, that's perfect. Right. No one will have read that. be the most boring group name in all of marvel <laughs> pretty much i mean they, they sound like they'd be i guess lawyers like rules lawyers <laughs> <laughs> you know and they remained unnamed for the 11 years until they popped up in uh quasar number 14 and 15 what, what and was their name again the ethicals Oh my God! You kind of broke off when you were t- talking about it. I didn't. Okay, it. yeah, they're called the Ethicals. I was gonna say that's like the worst group name in all of the Marvel universe. God, it is the just a boring name. Yeah, exactly. And it's terrible. Well, it fits their fate though, because when you see them again, they've been made guinea pigs in the Stranger's lab, like his laboratory oh. world. He's using wow. them as guinea pigs and experimenting on them, and that's you never silly. see them again. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I got to say the the comic ends with this fantastic like splash page of all the things we loved in the 80s. BMX, Fraggle Rock, Fall Guy, Wham, Spider-Man, Hulk, Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. It says Conan 2, though, which, you know, is the the weaker of the Conan movies. Yeah, it really was. I I loved it when I was a little kid, and then I I can't stand it. But uh, Knight Rider. uh, What is it? Let me see what this thing is. What is it on the right? Roland, Roland Ref Superstar. Yeah. Oh, Roland okay. Ref. I know. Yeah. It looks like it's a puppet show, I guess. Looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Manimal. Manimal. Oh, man. Manimal. Manimal. <laughs> the last time I heard of Manimal reference was on MSC3K. Yeah. I think they made a joke of that. Maybe on Family Guy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> wow. That's a blast. Right. Culture Club and all that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Fantastic World of Annuals, Indiana. Yeah, that's Jones. a back cover. So yeah, I love that. Anyway, so that is—is so is this like their their Columbia House? Like instead of looks like it tapes, you'd get magazines, hardbacked, full color, nineteen eighty five annuals from Grand Dreams with sixty four feature packed pages with titles to suit everyone from pop to movies to BMX to TV to comics. There's an annual for you. Yeah, basically they have like the 1985 annuals you could order. 84 annuals for like 12 pounds. Uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, Conan of the Destroyer, Dune, Fraggle Rock, Knight Rider, Fall Guy. The Mr. Fall Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can still hear that theme song in my head too. Uh, it's going through my head right now. Yeah, that was catchy. catchy. Yeah. <laughs> Wham, Culture Club, BMX Bikes, Rolling Rat, Manimal, Spider-Man, Hulk, Return of the Jedi, and the SAS. I don't know the SAS. What is that? I don't know what the SAS is either. We'll have to look that looks one like up. A, looks like a military um, comic or something. Yeah. So that was issue number five. So I'm thinking these are like, you know, we've got the UK Transformers annuals that are hardbacks. Like yeah, those. Yeah. I'm guessing that this is more of the same. Oh, probably. Something but like the, that. The art on that Return of the Jedi annual is really good. I that actually, time. Uh, when, when, uh, when uh, they, they released the Return of the Jedi, you know, um, the um, adaptations in the comics. I used to have all those. Yeah, they were actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm impressed by the cover art because I don't remember the art in the comics being that good back. Oh then, no, it so. never was. Yeah, God no. But but yeah, that's a great cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, they got like that, every that is... wrinkle in Palpatine's forehead on there. Well, that might be, actually that might be. Um, I want to say that was issue number four or something of the uh, miniseries. Yeah, everything. Yeah, comics covers are really good on those. Yeah, it's just like the uh, Star Wars comics themselves. The uh, Star Wars comics were terrible art and weird stories. Oh yeah, great. So, yeah, good stuff. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, so, I wouldn't like, mind having the Conan the Destroyer, the Dune annual. <laughs> yeah, actually, I remember having the um, the Dune um, comic, the adaptation. Mm-hmm. That was another weird one. And it was actually done. It was uh, it was more like a magazine. It was like it was I probably was like an annual or something like that. Oh I wait, I remember died. that one. It had like a lot of screenshots from the movie in it, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you also had like really cool art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know, you know, I know some people are hot and cold on the uh, on Nate Lynch's Dune. I I grew up with it, so I have a I have a love for it, even though I know it's not really good for the, a good adaptation of the story. Yeah, but you know, when you grow up with it, you kind of have a soft place, like Flash Gordon. It's Flash, nostalgia. Flash Gordon is essentially <laughs> a terrible movie, but it's so much fun. 
Oh yeah, that, that's always a fun movie. My kids love it. <laughs> and as soon as they saw that, they're like, "He Man totally ripped this off." Oh yeah, hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Anyways, all right, guys, that is issue number five. Um, honestly, still a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the art. It's it's kind of cool in the cultural references and the fact that it time stamps so well. There are oh, so totally. Many, there are to- so many great timestamps in this. So it's definitely a comic of the era. So I'm really digging that. Have any closing oh, thoughts sure. on this? Uh, let's see. I would like to quote Starscream. Sorry, I gave it away. But <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about it. But yeah, the quote I had was, uh, let me out of here, you stupid machine. And Starscream goes, a foolish request. Our analysis of your species so uh, finds that if I were to release you at this height, your frail form couldn't possibly survive, and we need you for our purposes whole. <laughs> Man, such good dialogue. Yeah. All right, everyone. It's like digs from a Vulcan. It kind of is. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We will hopefully be seeing y'all again next week. Take it easy, oh. everyone. Good night. Bye. Guys is performed by Evan Johns and Ed Strickland. Research is performed by Evan Johns, Ed Strickland, and with special research done by Boo of the AxelonUnderground.net. All used images in the videos are property of Sunbow, Hasbro, Paramount, or Marvel. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in every week with us. We appreciate it.